Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld, and I'm excited because today's Tuesday, which means that it's Travel Tuesday, where every week we get the chance to dial up one of our members from around the globe to share with us what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. And today, we're going to learn a little bit more about the Show Me State, Missouri. And so I'm pleased to welcome to the show Kate Nash, who is a shareholder at Tooth Keeney in St. Louis. Kate, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about Missouri. As you know, I lived there for a little while. I'm a huge fan of the state. Do us a favor, maybe kick things off a little bit, you know, because we've got people that access this from all over the world. And let's say, for example, we had a company in Asia that was looking to open up a plant in a place like St. Louis or Kansas City or another part of the state. What would you think they'd like to know about what it's like to do business in Missouri? Sure. Well, if anyone is thinking about doing that, I'd encourage it because Missouri is a very pro-employer state. It is a diverse state in terms of it's got some great urban areas, but it is largely rural in terms of the land. So there's a lot of land for having like factory work or that type of thing. It is right in the center of the United States of America. So I don't know that we are the true geographic center, but we're right there in the middle. So if you're looking at a map of the United States and you see some rivers converging right there in the center, that's St. Louis, where the Missouri and Mississippi rivers converge. So we have about three major urban areas that have great hospitals, great universities. So we have an educated workforce. And then we have a lot of lands. We have a lot of rural land. About 93% of our land in Missouri is actually considered rural in terms of population density. So we also have some really beautiful, our state is very diverse in terms of the geography of the state. And so if you go further south, you're getting to the Ozark Mountains. And so you have some mountainous areas, some really beautiful state parks. Further in the northern part of the state, it's more fields and farmland. So a lot of different things to see as you go across the state. So I I think I would say if you're looking to come to Missouri, there's a lot of opportunities. We have a very low cost of living. So it's a place where we see companies putting offices here and putting workers here because we have low taxes. We have just low cost of living generally. And we have an educated workforce, which is a great combination for any employer looking to do business. I can't help myself. You mentioned Ozark, which is, of course, one of my favorite TV shows. So, of course, is that the way the Ozarks really are, the way it's portrayed on television? We just always like to let people know Ozark was actually filmed in Georgia. (laughs) So it actually wasn't even filmed in the Ozarks. And I I can say uh, with great certainty, no, (laughs) it's not what the Ozarks are. The Ozarks actually, I'll just just for a minute to tie it back to California. The Ozarks are a man-made lake that are made as a recreation lake and have more shoreline than the state of California. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty part of the state. Yeah, it really is. You're also, of course, the home of the Pony Express. I've been up there yeah. to the little statue there. I forgot the name of the town that, that it's in, but near where Stetson Hats is. Made. Oh, St. Saint, Saint Joe, Missouri. St. Joe, Missouri. Not That's real. right. Yeah. So how about from a legal perspective? You know, my state of California is like highly regulates everything in the HR space. What's it like in Missouri? Give us some sense for that. Missouri is not California. And in fact, we have a joke with some of our clients that we say, never go to California to do business because they'll be in shock based on the different in the regulatory environment. Missouri tends to be, from a state perspective, pretty low regulation. We do have a state non-discrimination statute that parrots Title VII in many ways, including the damage caps that Title VII has. And that was a change that our General Assembly put into effect in 2017. And I think it's emblematic of the fact that we have a very pro-business 
state governments. And so it was a situation where a business person raised concerns about our state statute, frankly, our non-discrimination statute and damages, and the General Assembly responded and enacted legislation creating damage caps. And that's that's not uncommon in Missouri. So there aren't a lot of the regulatory framework that you have in California is just not something that we have in Missouri. Instead, what we do have is, is a patchwork of municipal regulation in the urban areas. So, for example, St. Louis City has some additional regulatory requirements for employers. Not, not a lot, but there are some. Some of our municipal governments in the state have like ban the box provisions, for example. Like we don't have a statewide ban the box in Missouri. But generally, Missouri is very employer friendly, pretty easy to, to navigate if you are looking to do business somewhere. So when I think of St. Louis, I think about a, at one time was a major industrial part of the United States. And I also think about it as being a place that used to have at least a lot of trade unions. Is that still the case? Are unions a big deal in Missouri or not? Unions are not as big a deal as they once were. And I would say that Missouri has many former, you know, what we might call Rust Belt areas that were once highly industrialized is really trying to make a shift to go more towards, you know, bioengineering, tech industries. We have, you know, we were the home for many, many years for Monsanto that was then bought out by Bayer. They still have a presence here, but we have several really, really excellent research universities here that have been working with, you know, the the bears of the world trying to build up that kind of biotech. So there's a lot of interest and money being put in by the state to try to develop those types of industries in the state. So tax incentives, tax breaks, that kind of thing. And that's where St. Louis is really trying to go to move away from that industrial we still have industry here, certainly, but it is definitely we're shifting, as I think many places in the Midwest are having to make that same shift. So before we wrap things up, let me talk about COVID a little bit in the sense that for the last couple of years, we've seen lots of employee movement around the country, right? People working virtually out of their garages or their basements or whatever. And what I'm wondering is, and as people move around, one of the questions I'm getting a lot is non-competes, the enforceability of them as you're moving from state to state. So for example, California, you know, we don't allow them, but then they move to some other place where maybe they do. And now all of a sudden they're living and working in a place with a different sort of regulatory scheme. And so I'm wondering, to the extent companies are seeing that with employees moving into your state, are non-competes enforceable? And are you seeing much in the way of disputes over stuff like that right now? So yes, uh, Missouri has actually a statute that delineates what would be considered protectable interests for purposes of non-competes. And it also has sort of things that are considered kind of per se reasonable in those types of disputes. So generally anything that is less than two years, Missouri courts are going to find to be reasonable. And Missouri also defines protectable interests. So things like customer lists or things that the employer can demonstrate the employee had access to because of the work they were doing for the employer are going to often be protectable interests. Missouri also wants to see, Missouri courts want to see that the geographic limitations are reasonable. And of course, in this era of you know digital exchanges, that all of that sort of changes a little bit. But absolutely, Missouri is a state where you can enforce non-competes. And actually, as we're taping this, one of my partners who you know well, Ian Cooper, is over in court arguing on a non-compete issue literally at this moment. (laughs) So definitely something that we're seeing. And we're seeing it depends on the industry. I think there's it really depends on the industry, whether or not it's something that people 
it's very industry specific in Missouri, I would say. And so we have the issue that my partner in Cooper is arguing right now relates to the healthcare industry. So St. Louis has a lot of hospitals. That is another, I think, benefit of living in this region is we have incredible access to healthcare. But that also means that the hospitals really want to protect the relationships they have with patients and doctors. And so there we see a lot of there's a lot of non-competes in that area, for example. All right. So we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to ask you a very tough question. I don't know if you're going to be able to answer it. Okay. Why is Missouri called the show me state? Well, there is, you know, according to legend, there was a U.S. congressman from Missouri who made a comment in response to a question where he essentially said, you know, I've come from a state that raises corn and cotton and we don't believe in just eloquent speeches. You got to show us. So it speaks to Missourians' desire to really have things proved to them. They're not just going to take your word for it. Got it. Well, that's cool. Well, thank you so much for straightening that out now that I understand it. This has been a great discussion, Kate. Thank you so much. If you'd like to connect with Kate, you can just find her bio by clicking on her name by the description of this podcast. I encourage you to visit us at ela.law to receive invitations to upcoming webinars, to download our white papers, and maybe most importantly, to access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook, which is a free online platform on labor employment law worldwide. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.